we're not people with problems, we are the problem. So, how could you be the problem and therefore be the solution at the same time, in a way? Yeah. If, if that statement is true, that you are the problem, and the problem could look like a hopeless state of mind and body, then there'd be no solution. So you might as well keep doing what you're doing to get a little relief, you know, acting out, doing this, drinking, drugging, whatever. Hopefully skirt the consequences, and then you'll feel like you've been successful on some level. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the success is pretty low. You know, I, mean, I remember when I was younger, and I was... Uh, you know, like a kid, I wanted to be a marine biologist, you know, I wanted to explore the oceans. And then I had a, a dominant influence became dominant, and that was alcoholism. And after about four years of alco- al- active alcoholism, all I wanted, my idea of success was not to be arrested, you know what I mean? So my, my bars dropped pretty, pretty precipitously, and you know, and that's what happens. We, we adapt to something that's truly intolerable. We keep adapting to it, and we get therapists for it, and we do this and do that, but it's really fucking intolerable that you can't seem to locate yourself where you are every day, (laughs) that you're being pulled this way or that way by the mental state of yesterday, preoccupations, and then worries about the future. And your attention and interest will keep going there. It's enslaved to it, because the little ball it's following into the past and the future is taken to be you. So your interest and attention is sort of wedded to that idea. And so, no matter how insane the thoughts are about you, they'll be attended to. Yeah. You'll be listening to them. They'll keep you up at night and stuff like that. And they may be going over an event that actually never even happened. They'll be ruminating over something that didn't even occur. And yet, you'd love to get relief from it, but you can't pull yourself, your attention away. So you try to get something in between, like a movie or a book or something else, or a drink or something. You try to get a little relief. So this message is about uh, not finding a relief, but recognizing something that's not so as being not so, and then finding out about the relief that you are, actually. In other words, these statements that used to drive me crazy and quote-unquote spirituality is like you are what you've been seeking for is actually true. They're very clear. Yeah, The seeker is the sought, or as St. Francis of Assisi said, what's looking is what you're looking for and you're fucking, how can that fucking be? I'm thinking, I've been looking constantly for a shit, you know, to get relief from what's looking seemingly. You know, but what's looking is what you're looking for. He didn't say who's looking, which is beautiful. Because the what's looking has been hijacked and turned into a who's looking. And that's a form of blindness, yeah? You're never going to see what you're looking from. You can't see it. It's impossible. So, this is a... You know, I had a... My head was... I was extremely sensitive and very a deep thinker when I was young. made me feel very strange. (laughs) <laughs> and that that pressure built up over the years, and then around 12 years old, I found my solution to it at the time, which was drinking. You know, I drank, and then that led to doing drugs, and I just went for it for years. It became my lifestyle, 
because it was the only thing that actually got me a little relief from it. Everything else was, you know, was professing accidents or punishment or something like that. But I needed to have a feeling of ease and comfort that I wasn't having in my natural state. So I had to seem to provoke something. And alcohol and drugs is a pretty quick way to change your feelings. You, know? you can change your feeling like that by doing a drug. Yeah, and if you use a certain vehicle or a way to put it in your body, you can even save you can even save more time and produce a faster feeling, which is what I went for. I started using intravenously, and I could shoot up, and I'd have a feeling in about a second blow up in my heart and my brain, and I liked that. Yeah, it gave me a sense of control after not feeling like I was in control most of my life because people I loved died and things happened and. It seemed like everything was out of control. Well, at least I could make myself feel something. Yeah? And I had that as my buffer, so you couldn't, you know, uh, surprise me by a feeling. I'd have a feeling in place and just keep that feeling in place, and it would be like a security. But unfortunately, the shell may keep shit out, but it also doesn't allow you out. Yeah? <laughs> you get stuck behind your defenses, and then the defenses have you in a way. It's like that old story about a kid with a dog, and uh, he gets a dog to protect his house, and then uh, so the dog's barking when people come, and it's working pretty well, and then the dog's barking when his friends come, and then the dog's biting his friends, and then his friends stop coming, and then when he wants to get out, the dog starts growling and threatening him, and then he gets a prisoner of his own dog in his own house. Well, this is sort of what happens. So, so uh, what happened now, who knows, but I came in, I took a long, circuitous route. I was done before I was physically done. I didn't die, so I was done with alcoholism, and something dawned on me. Yeah. I remembered really well the event. It was the last day I ever have drank in 27 years, and something downloaded in my mind, and it changed everything. It changed what I was thinking about, a minute before, it was, that wasn't what I was thinking about then. And ideas that I hadn't entertained in quite a while, like asking for help, showed up, downloaded. And it set off trains of circumstances, which I was unable to stop, and it led me to getting sober. So after being years in sobriety, I got a, possi- I got a chance to share and uh, do service quite a lot. And I saw to sense something when I did service, which is... I sensed an energy moving through me and sort of defined me as a hose and if I was willing to be of service this water would come through yeah and it was like a really high point in my days when I did it and whatever my physical emotional financial uh, you know quote unquote spiritual conditions were they were totally dismissed in that hour or so I was leading that class like every time for 19 years yeah so the evidence was pretty pretty obvious that if something that seemed so real could seem so unreal, how real could it have been? Yeah. So those feelings had to have my attention to be so real. With my attention being drawn out of that, it was as unreal as it's always been. So this started to happen, and after a while, see the water, without an intention, its nature is when it moves through something, it cleans. Yeah. So as it was moving through this event, it was cleaning the event, yeah, and th- there's a statement in AA that I don't agree with, which is, uh, 
that you've got to you've got to have it to give it away. I believe if you're willing to give it away, you'll have it, and that's been my experience. Yeah? So that those events led me to a point where I was introduced to some uh, outside ideas. I came to a meeting such as this, much nicer person in the front, though very loving, gazing, and very slow talking, and very ethereal, and I couldn't even hear her. She's from Eastern Europe. I couldn't even make, and it had no. I didn't need to hear it. It was just being there triggered something, and that triggering was an unspoken yes. You know, something in me knew prior to all knowing that this was something, you know, it was just sound. It just hit me, and it's never left me. You know? So that opened me up to a whole, whole other possibility of the exact nature of what was bothering seemingly me, and what's bothering most of the people I knew. And I saw it as an identification as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Now, I saw it from the solution. Yeah. So the solution dawned on me, and then it looked for ways to explain itself. Yeah? And the only way it can explain itself is to, is to explain what it isn't. Yeah? Because you can't know what you are, but you can know what you're not. Yeah? Because you're not it. <laughs> So, it's just that simple. And that's the little problem. People are trying to know what they are, but they can't have that. It's not a possibility, because you are it. Yeah? So, what you are is prior to all-knowing. All-knowing, you are the knowing of all-knowing, so to speak. Yet, it can't be known. Yes? You are the seeing of all the seeing, but you can't be seen. It's trippy. Yeah. You would think that what's seen would be able to be seen, but it's not the case here. What's hearing, what, all the hearing, all the feeling, all the seeing, all the tasting, all the touching, all the thinking, all the ruminating, all the philosophizing, cannot philosophize, ruminate, da, 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 all that. What's doing it all can't be done, let's say. Yeah? That's why it's doing it all. If it could be done, then it would have the same qualities that we have, which are inherently unreal. So its quality is that it's real. So it's the seeing behind all the seeing, but can't be seen. Yeah. Because why? You're it. See? That's the dilemma. You could possibly see anything that came into a range of vision that wasn't you. You could see it. But you'll never see what you are. Yet we want to apply that wanting to have an experience of ourselves to this, and that's why people get a lot of frustration in these meetings, because they want to have an experience of their own absence, which they have to be there to have that experience, and they're not. Yeah? You see it? They want to have, they want to be here to experience, they don't want to be that state of absence, or actually the ultimate presence, they want to experience it as this mental state. They don't want to let the mental state go. Yet they sit, they want to have the experience of its of the absence of itself, which is impossible. And a lot of people want experiences. They don't want states. They don't want a real radical change. They want to have experiences from the same state, the same mental condition. They want that to stay stable, but make it a little easier for it, you know? So they can acquire a lot of realizations, but the realizations won't you can have tons of spiritual experiences. It doesn't imply an awakeness. You can have 850,000 spiritual, what you call spiritual experiences. It's not going to produce an awakeness because the awakeness is unproduced. 
and the mental process that its logic, if you're relying on it, it's very, it's very difficult to have to have it see through its own logic. So when there's a feeling of doing, it says there must be a doer. When they're seeing, it doesn't let it be just that. That's it. The seeing, no, there must be a seer. Yeah. If there's if there's truth, there must be someone who knows the truth. Yes. And all like this, yes? And this stubborn delusion is what's causing us to go around and around in circles. Let's say it's therapeutic circles, and it's meditation circles, and it's satsang circles. Oh, I just ran into tons of them on this last trip. I did. They've seen every freaking teacher that's possible. They know what they have. I didn't know any of these people that they mentioned. You know? <laughs> so, and it's sort of again I'm going to acquire as many many outlooks as possible with the hopes that it will distill into my outlook Yeah, but the outlooks or the understandings are, are just preliminary what is possible is a vision you can see from what you used to want to understand yeah you can see from that which you were trying to understand. Yeah? So a lot of people, they get an understanding and they think that's that. But you can see from what you want to understand. The understanding isn't going to provoke the seeing, but without the seeing there is no understanding. None whatsoever. So your inherent state is what fills up whatever understanding you think you have. It's from the inherent state. Yeah? And that inherent state is the seeing or the vision. Yeah? It's, the, it's the ultimate understanding because there's no need for an understanding. It's a living, a living awakeness. Yeah? It's so obvious that you're incessantly on. Why do you need an understanding about it? It's just extra weight. It's just like, why do I want to go on this trip with this book I don't need to read anymore? That you're the living book. So the way we go about it, or not way, but I like the idea of negation because it worked for me. That's how after the... When people would say to me, oh, you're into netty-netty. I wasn't into netty-netty at all until something happened. And then that's how it professed itself in my life. It just seemed the only way to go is negating everything that you've taken to be so until you get to a point where you realize, oh, everything has been dispelled except, oh, so maybe this is what I've been looking for the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not that difficult, this one, especially if you're in recovery. The whole premise of AA, as it's presented here in this area, it's a very rich uh, recovery center, San Francisco area, is self. Self is what has defeated you. This feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, reinforced by the thoughts about it all day, and, every, and, and by its main occupation, which is to claim whatever it comes in contact with. So your feeling is never felt, it's, it's interpreted as my feeling. 
The thought is not even noticed. It just takes. It just implies or rings the bell of identification. I'm the thinker of it, or it's about me. It's constantly. It's taking that two pronged approach. Either you're the object of the thoughts, you as this this historical figure, or you're the thinker of them. You can't. At that point, the vision has been has been clothed, cloth, like cloaked. You don't see it. And you're busily looking for what is looking. And it's bound to be frustrating. It's just that we've been satsang civilized, so we won't fucking just finally go, fuck this, and go crazy. <laughs> we'll just keep the, oh, the loving gaze and the like this. But most of us are fucking pissed off. I've gone to 800 of these meetings. And that person got it, and I haven't gotten it. When am I going to get mine? And stuff like that, you know? So we... You know, it can get frustrating if that logic is in play and you're identified as that logic. Because if you are the subject as this object, then you're going to objectify subjectivity. You're going to make it the truth. As if you can go there, it's located in Des Moines, Iowa, and it's open between 2 and 4 on Tuesdays and Thursdays, that you're going to go get some of that truth. And of course, knowing the truth is going to make you feel better, basically. That's what you hope for. Just like when you buy a jacket, you hope it's going to keep you warm and you look better while you go get some truth, yeah? So as long as this object is taken to be the subject, it's going to objectify everything that's not of form. It's going to make it a thing. Enlightenment and peace and awakening, they all mean something to people. Like enlightenment, it sounds like a thing, doesn't it? Or the void. Like the void is like right around the 800 W. The void. The void. There's no the void. Void means there's no the void. <laughs> you know, empty means empty. It's not like the emptiness. You know what I mean? how, how wide is it? Is there some, they're putting some lots up for sale in the emptiness. I want to get a condo. I got a great look at the void from my window in the emptiness. You know, it's not a thing. It's not a place. All the idea of you having to go or get something to be okay is totally insane. You have to go get something for the body to be okay, but you're not the body. It doesn't under underemphasize what you need to get for the body. It just releases you from an, a certain preoccupation that mental state's going to get engaged with if it takes itself to be the body. It's going to think about life from the point of view of being a body. You'll even cast spirituality into that. Spiritual journey. What takes a journey? Does the spirit take a journey? Where is it going to go and where is it going to leave from? You know? How are you going to define where is the beginning and end of... And how many steps could a spirit, spirit take on a journey? It doesn't have any feet. <laughs> how many miles do I have to go to reach the truth? It's not... It doesn't have a, an odometer. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not a thing. So the whole idea, oh, I was I was raised up to the mountaintops. What was raised up to the body? And then suddenly I did something to throw myself, cast myself into the pits of the chasm. What would be cast down? A body. Where how are you gonna throw spirit into any direction? Down 
I mean, how can you, where, where are you going to get a handle on spirit? All right, I got you, I cast you into the chasms of hell. What? It's still here. <laughs> it's, I mean, our language is constantly reinforcing the idea of being a body. And if that's the only thing we think can lead us out of what we think we're in, we're going to be led out as a body. Yeah? Self isn't going to get out of self. You can't use mind, big M mind, to seek mind. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use light to seek light. That light which you're seeking has been objectified. That Buddha which you're seeking has been objectified. That mind which you're seeking has been objectified. That's why you'll never find the Buddha, the mind, or the light using the light, the mind, and the Buddha. Because it's not an object. Yeah? It's not a thing. So if you... if the thought system, and look at it. Just look at your thoughts if you like. Just take a five-minute segment of it, any time. And there's a very, there's a hidden assumption in all this activity, and the assumption is you're a body. You're a time-based body. You were there. I have memories to prove it. You, have, you were there. I'd be crazy to be worried about if there wasn't a future. Well, there isn't, but... You know. Yeah. So the thought system pictures you as a body, thinks about you as a body, and remembers you right now as a body by doing that. Yeah. The thought system worries about you as a body, worries about you as a body in the future, and then it remembers you as a body now. Yeah. When you do something you love, that activity gets disengaged, and you call it one of the highest events of your life. Yeah. Be it, let's say it's sex or surfing or something like that climbing or whatever, helping another person, there's a feeling of openness and awareness and presence because the self-thing hasn't got all your interest and attention then. The activity was strong enough to pull out your interest and attention from that dead preoccupation. Yes? And so, wow, that was such a great day I had. You didn't have that day. You were absent. That's why it was so fucking great. Really? They tell you the party's great. Why does it suck when you get there all the time? Because you, you are the problem. It's a simple thing that you can go back to over and over and over again. Because basically, it wants you to take different methodologies. It wants you to, to oh, you got a lot of cleaning up to do before you can arise there and then rest in that abode of spirit. No, you don't, unless you believe you do. Have a principle, just like in recovery, one of the main workable principles in this place of time it's not a place, but in the time of this place is the third step where you surrender the, your will and your life over to the care of a power greater than you. And it brings great solace and a lot of shit happens, yes? That principle is just as, as relevant your first day as your 28th year. It doesn't change, yeah? The same thing with this. You just keep going back to the same place because it's not a place. And one of times, or many times... What's going to happen is the emphasis is finally going to shift from all the stuff you're paying attention to to what's paying attention to. 
Not to who's paying attention to, that's part of the content, but to what's paying attention to. And all it needs is 51% of your little attention and interest stock to leave that dead corporation, you know, like fucking Fox News, let's say, for, for Paul, and then moves over here, and then suddenly what was enslaving and producing and reinforcing so much agitation now enriches your day. My day is enriched not because it's Saturday, it's because I'm in it. And the same thing with your life and your life and your life. We're not the bearer of good tidings, we are the good tidings. Without you, there is no moment. Without you, not you as the body, but you as what you are, there is no life. And it's the one, it's sort of like we're all engaged in all the movies, but very few of us clap for the screen, yeah? It allows all the movies to appear in it. And, it does, and the, the romantic melodramas, it doesn't get wet with the fucking perfect storm, nothing, nothing happens to it. It's just the basis, the base of all living is on that, that screen of awareness or consciousness. And we're not noticing at all. You know, we're just following us in all the movies. Totally intrigued, and everyone else has their own little porno film going, you know? You have your own little art house, I have my art house, and we're, oh, this is so creative. It's the same old, same old. Every alcoholic thinks they're so special, unique. You're just a run of a mill, taken over, parasitical, driven (laughs) event. But, oh, you can't... You cannot believe what I did. Well, I did that too, and so did this guy. Oh, my, really? Oh, yes. All your terminal uniqueness is just totally made up. <laughs> we don't like to hear news like that. It's like the fish. The fish wants to know all about clams and all the different kelp. It's, it doesn't really want to get about water. You know what I mean? For some fucking reason. And it goes, it can, even in the fish world, it can go so absurdly, they'll be, they'll be reading books about waves, they're totally immersed in water, they have no idea. We're exactly like that. You only know what you are by the absence of what you're not. That's the negation. Just like everyone here, no one's been uh, complaining about gravity to anyone else in this room or anyone in this fucking state probably has been complaining about gravity today on us, on the body, yet, Because it's constantly influencing the body experience, so it's never noticed. The only way you would know gravity is by going into an anti-gravity chamber and get the experience of gravity's actions, and then you would know about its presence. Yeah? Exactly the idea with the sense of self. You don't know self from self. You know self, seeing it from the solution, then you know the problem. And from the solution, there is no real problem. Therefore, there's no need for a solution either. The solution is totally temporary. As soon as it dawns on you, hey, I'm not that, all of that which is pointing, I'm not what's being pointed at, because that's all the mental state does is point, but it cannot produce what it's insinuating or implying. There's no one there. Yeah. So when you see what you're not, yeah, then you'll find out what you truly are, because you can't know it. 
you'll find out by its expression in this event that you call, quote-unquote, your life. You'll find it out, you'll see it in other people's expressions. You'll see it everywhere. Yeah. You'll sense the, the, the choreography of the whole situation. It's amazing what's going on. Yeah. So you get relief from the bondage of self. Exactly that's the case. We seem to be in time, so it means we need to have that relief every moment available. Or we could easily, seemingly fall back into the bondage of self. Because the mental state is telling a life story from that point of view, that you're a self. And the mental state is probably not going to shut off until the body shuts off. Yeah? It's not. So it's going to keep interpreting life from how it affects you as this body. It's going to keep doing the same. We don't need to rehabilitate that. All you need is to lose interest in it. And you lose interest in it by not taking yourself to be the central character of the whole story, which is a self. When you see you're not that, you'll lose interest in everything that supports that claim. You'll lose interest in it, and without your interest and attention, those things cannot even produce the seeming reality of what you're taking yourself to be. Because it appears to be true or false to you. Everything rests on you. Yeah. Everything is appearing to be true or false to you. Start with, hey, I may not be the thinker of this thought. Oh, fuck, what? A new possibility. Oh, yeah. For me, it was sort of easy in a way because I have an alcoholic brand of thinking, which millions of people seem to be saddled with, and every one of them thinks they're terminally unique, and that they're the only one who thinks that way and feels like that way. And it's a very stubborn delusion. But if you go to enough meetings, you're going to hear people share their feelings, their thoughts, and their reactions, and you can only come to two conclusions after a while. How did they get my feelings? <laughs> how did they get, how did this remote get my thoughts? I thought they were very safely entrenched in me, only me. No one else thinks like this. Yeah? There's tons of people think like this. What? Oh yeah, no one feels, how can you help me? You don't understand what it's like to be me. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> There's millions of me's, but they're basically the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone here, when you look at me, you see this as a you. You're never not going to see it as a you. You're never going to think it's me, ever. Yeah? I'm seeing all of this, these things as you's. I'm never going to think... I'm not, unless you get into the spiritual, oh, you and me are the same, no, no fucking, I'm talking perceptually. I'm not, I'm not altering the, the camera, the camera qualifications with some idea. No, perceptually I see you as a you, yeah? And I'm never going to see you as a me. Okay. Now, what happens is, people think about themselves quite a lot, and they think about themselves as a me. And so I've heard people share at becoming meetings, you know, oh, I am so obsessed with myself, all I think about is me. That's, and then someone, everyone's sitting there, and they go, and you know what, it's even crazy, I think everyone else is thinking about me. And they, everyone laughs, yeah? Because they are, but not the me, she thought they were thinking about, they're me. 
<laughs> so the self-centeredness is not even, that's a basic format. What we've developed is the me-centeredness. Yeah? <laughs> that's it. That's like a nickname given to a, a very bland, formatted system of thought. Self-centered, you're calling it therefore. Your favorite dog. <laughs> I know. I know. Me. Me insinuates so much more. <laughs> I know. I know all about self. It's not me. No, that's the sense of selfing. The selfing is the feeling of having an ego or not having an ego. Selfing is the feeling of being the thinker and also the supposed feeling that you're not the thinker. Both of them are selfing. Both of them produce a sense of being someone, of something, yes? That's the freedom. The freedom lies right there. If the someones that are being produced and the somethings that are being produced and remembered and thought about can only reach a level of seemingly so, in other words, they cannot be true, but they can appear to be true to you and I. Yeah? Where, where is the ultimate power in that event? In what's appearing or what it's appearing to? Where the reality? Where the reality? Where letting, we can take false evidence and have it appear seemingly to be true to us. Why? Because where the reality? If we were all false, everything about us was false, where would we come up with any kind of sense of reality or truth? But we are the reality, and we're lending it to things through the identification as this thing. See it. See the dilemma, and then it may not be one. Like in AA, he says, hey, the dilemma is lack of power. Why is it a dilemma? Because we keep assuming we have power. So it's a huge dilemma in our experience because we have a lack of power, but an assumption we have power. Yeah? It's unbelievable. And that a power, if you don't think you if you don't believe that your thoughts think they don't they don't have power, then why are they trying to manage the control of it? They believe they have power. And the dilemma is a lack of power. Yeah? And it's only a dilemma when you don't realize the lack of power as the basic state and you keep exerting power, you're gonna be frustrated. People aren't going to... This day isn't probably going to go your way. <laughs> you know? It isn't. Yeah. My stomach isn't going my way. It's gurgling and something's stuck there from last night. Who knows? I can't even go to the bathroom when I want. But then there's this some, sudden, this subtle assumption that I got all this juice. I'm going to make you do what I want. You're going to get this message. If I fucking, if I have to kill you, you're gonna get it. If I have to strangle that selfie out of you, you're gonna get this. <laughs> There's no power. Then it's not a dilemma. Then it becomes a source of strength. You admit your powerlessness, and what happens? And if you've been in recovery and you've admitted your powerlessness, you're flooded with power. Yes. You're flooded with power. Not to change things, but to fit yourself around things. Yes? Not to plan out a course of action, but an acceptance. Yeah, yeah. So that's what the topic... That's what we do. <laughs> I don't know what we do. We never prepare for any of this. As it, obviously. <laughs> I, was, I wouldn't follow my notes if I had them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get something across. It's not the words. The words are a vehicle. 
that's it's a conveyance of something like an aha because you already know you know but you're under the influence of something that doesn't want you to know yeah it wants to know life from a point of view of self-centeredness yeah so we use repetition just keep like pull the souffle out of the oven everyone gets the aroma goes about their day hey come back on Wednesday another souffle uh, go back what's Saturday yeah so we put up a situation where we can have this sense rep, uh, repeated yeah? so we can ent- we can use the poison as an antidote because the head's whole poison is repetition you think you're a loser, you think you're a loser, you think you're a loser, think you're a loser, then you stop feeling like you're a loser and all this. It's all based on repetition and habit. So we just attempt to use the poison as an antidote. So we have tons of information, go to Zen Bitch Lab, tons of free shit, tons of new content all the time so that you can be provided that opportunity to, in a sense, forget self. So that you'll find out what you are in those moments of forgetting what you're not. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not my purpose at all. I just made that up. (laughs) Sounded good. I had another one yesterday. (laughs) You gotta come up with some story. (laughs) So. You want to, everyone just wants an ease and comfort, you know, in their own skin, really. You want to call enlightenment or having a million dollars, everyone gives different names to it. But really, what they like is they like to feel an ease and comfort in their circumstances and in their skin. Right now, yeah? We can't provide an ease and comfort in the future because there isn't one, nor in the past because there wasn't one. But right now, you can have an ease and comfort and a sense of uh, freedom from that preoccupation of the mental state. All based on it's not you. If it isn't you, you lose interest in it. Simple as that. When you lose interest in it, its production value goes way down because you're giving it the meaning it has. The movie sucks. It's the audience that's taking it to be so great. It really does. I mean, the next story of Paul is so freaking boring. You know, it's like a giant serial of Paul, and the only persons who would ever see go to that movie are other Pauls, and they all leave as soon as they realize it wasn't about them. Yeah, we're the only one that sticks it out because it's me. Oh, look at what this phone call could it be? Could it be that job I've been waiting for? It's like everyone's snoring. We're we're totally excited about it. And there's only one ingredient that's different, and that it's me. 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 That's it. That sense, that's the bondage. That's the glue. That's the crazy glue that binds you to the thoughts that are about you, binds you to the feelings that are yours, binds you to your historical stories that you were there bind you to all your future stories you're going to be there that's it and then maybe you have an extension your kids you'll do it similar to that but then you'll lose interest your, your, your realm of interest is very small you're not thinking about the whole world you know? you're not thinking about the whole world 20 years from now you're thinking about you and maybe your kids you know what I mean you know? 
really. So, if without the interest and attention, this production can't go on. It just it's like a cardboard cutouts. You see through it very easily, yeah. But when you're interested and attentive to it, because it's about you, it can produce a seeming reality. Not one real, but a seemingly one. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it, eh? Usually, I know to stop when Deb goes to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I get these little signals, you know, people like this. They don't just go like this. And stop passing the basket or something. Oh, all right. They pulled the plug on. <laughs>